So, we'll start off in, in James 3, 2, James 3, verse 2, a perfect heart. And in James 3, verse 2, it says, For in this, for, it was a good, good way of studying, for in many things we offend all, if, if any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle his whole body. It says here, um, If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able to bridle his whole body. So tonight we'll be, uh, we'll be preaching on a perfect heart. So with that, let's pray. Lord, we pray that, um, that you'd help us, Lord, to, to be better. Lord, we pray that we would strive, Lord, and have a, have a ready mind and, and be ready, Lord, to uh, put, thing, put the worldly things aside, Lord, and to strive for the things of God um, and, to, and to look unto you, Lord Jesus, as our example uh, and our strength. In Jesus' name, amen. So that's just, um, we'll, we'll come back to James 3, verse 2, Lord willing. And from here we'll go to the other side of the Bible, First Chronicles, First Chronicles, and in chapter 28, chapter 28, verse 9. And it says, And thou, Solomon, my son, know thou that the God of thy father, sorry, know thou the God of thy father, and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searcheth all hearts and understandeth all the imaginations of the thoughts. If thou seek him, he will be found of thee, but if thou forsake him, he will cast thee off forever. So, I just want to want to cover this last bit initially, kind of work backwards through this verse. It says here, but if he, he sorry, if the, if thou seek him, he will be found of thee. So if you will accept Jesus Christ as your saviour, and you and you look and you search out the things of God and you ask God to save you, then He will save you. But if you reject the gospel of Jesus Christ, if you, if, you, if you reject that Jesus Christ has died for your place, and if you forsake him and what he has done for you, then he will cast thee off forever. So that's what that's about. If you, if you will forsake Christ and what he has done for you, then he will cast you off forever. Now, to have a perfect heart before God... A lot of us, including myself, we're not perfect, and we're not perfect people. But we strive; we always are striving to be more Christ-like and more Christ-like each day. We read the Bible, and we want to become more Christ-like. And Christ is perfect, so we are striving uh, to to be perfect, to obtain a perfect record before God. And we can only do this through Jesus Christ. It says here. Uh, because because being perfect is so far above us because every little word that we say wrong means that we're imperfect. We're not perfect anymore. But it says but it says here, and thou Solomon, my son, 
Know thou the God of thy father, and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searcheth all hearts. The first thing we see about having a perfect heart is to have here, what does it say, a willing mind. Be willing to submit to God. If you are high-minded and if you will not submit to God, if you are not willing to read your Bible, if you're not willing to listen to the pastor, if you're not willing to listen to the people up here preaching, it says that the, the pastors are a watchman, that they watch out for your soul. And if you will not listen to the pastor, his counsel, and if you will not listen to the word of God, then you do not have a willing mind. The first thing here it says to have a perfect heart is to have a willing mind, willing to submit to God. And thou, Solomon, my son, know thou the God of thy father, and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searcheth all hearts and understandeth all imaginations. God knows your thoughts are far off. God knows who you are, even if the preacher doesn't know who you are. God knows who you are at home and God knows who you are at church. God knows who you, whether you are genuine at church or whether you are pretending at church. God knows the, the thoughts and the intents of your heart. And it says here, uh, he searcheth all hearts. So he's actually not just knowing your heart. God is searching your heart and he understands all the imaginations and the thoughts. If thou seek him... He will be found of thee, but if thou forsake him, he will cast thee off forever. So have a willing mind. When, when the pastor stands up here and he preaches the word of God, you may not necessarily agree with everything he says. But you go and you take the word of God and you'll probably find out that he was right and you were wrong. And you just study it out for yourself because there will be a reason why he says what he says. Um, that doesn't mean that he's right on everything and you go and you talk to him afterwards and then you probably find out that he was right. Um, but you go and st you study the word of God with a willing mind. Don't, don't come to church and think that we know everything or you know everything or you're not going to listen and you're not going to get anything out of it and you're just going to sit there and do your own thing and, and go out of church the same man that you came into church. To have a willing mind uh, means to, to be ready and willing to follow the Word of God, even if what you were thinking initially isn't what the Word of God says, to change, to, the, to be willing to mould yourself to the image of Christ is what it means to have a willing mind. And in uh, chapter 29, so just over the page, and in verse 9, again, in verse 9, it says, Then the people rejoiced, this, uh, then the people, and you'll get the context, Then the people rejoiced, for they offered willingly, because they, because with a perfect heart, they offered willingly, sorry, I'll start the one again. Then the people rejoiced, for for that they offered willingly, because with perfect heart they offered willingly to the Lord, and David the king also rejoiced with great joy. It says here that the people rejoiced, for they offered willingly. So these people here 
they're giving their service, they're giving their time, they're giving their money, and they're not doing it grudgingly, they're doing it willingly. So again, this is, you know, I said in, back here in the last chapter, it says here, with a willing mind. Well, this here is, again, relating perfect heart to being willing. Willing to follow God. Then the people rejoiced. There will be joy when you are willing to serve God. When you have a perfect heart and you are willing to serve God, there will be joy. And it says here the word willing twice in this in this verse. It says here, Then the people rejoiced, for they offered willingly, because with perfect heart they offered willingly, it says it again, to the Lord. And David the king also rejoiced with great joy. There will be great joy amongst the church and, great, and amongst the people of God when the people do things willingly and not out of grudging, when they have a perfect heart towards God and they don't mean to get one above another brother, they don't mean to be higher than, higher than thou or holy than thou. thou is what I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah. When you're not trying to be holier than thou, when you are, the Bible says, esteeming others greater than yourselves, offer willingly, um, offer your service and your and your and your encouragement willingly. Um, and that's part of having a perfect heart. Then we go to Hebrews ten. So we go to Hebrews ten and verse fourteen. It says here, Hebrews 10. Ten and fourteen. It says, "For by one offering he is he is perfected forever them that are sanctified." So it says here, he has perfected them forever that are sanctified. So when Jesus Christ died, it says that we were perfected. Now does that mean that we are perfect here and perfect now? No, we're still working on that. Um, Because uh, it says here that you are perfected forever. Your soul is perfected in Jesus Christ. If you died now and you stand before God... You would be cleaned before God because you are cl- you are cleaned by Jesus Christ's blood in your place. Um, but we are still we are still working with our flesh. We're still fight or we're still fighting our flesh, and we're still uh, we're still not perfect here, and we still have sin because of our flesh nature in us. Um, but we can strive to be better. We can strive to be more Christ-like, and we can strive for for perfection, even as it said in James, James three two. For if any things be off, offended, oh, sorry. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. So we can strive for perfection. We can ask God for perfection, and we'll get we'll get further into that. And we'll go back to this time in Second Chronicles, Second Chronicles, and in verse twenty-five, 
the chapter, sorry, chapter 25, verse 2. Second Chronicles chapter 25. And this says a man that that did what God wanted. You know, we, we do we try our best to do what God wants, but this is a man who did what God wants, but he didn't do it from the heart. He did it, but he didn't uh, didn't believe. He didn't um, do it for God as such. He did it for, him, for himself and for the people. And this is a bit of a read, but we'll start in verse 2. And it says here, And he did that was... And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a perfect heart. So we want, to, we want to strive to have a perfect heart before God. But this man here, he did what was right in the sight of God. And some of us don't even do what's right in the sight of God, even though, that, even though we try and strive for a perfect heart. But this man did what was right, but not from the heart. Now it says in verse 3, Now it came to pass when the kingdom was established... To him, this is Emmaus, uh, to him, that he slew his ser- servants and killed the king, his father. But he slew not the children, but did it as it is written in the law of the book of Moses, where the law commanded, saying, The fathers shall not die for the children, neither shall the children die for the fathers, but every man shall die for his own sin. Moreover, as Emmaus, gathered Judah together and made them captains over thousands and captains over hundreds, according to the house of their fathers, through Judah and Benjamin. And he numbered them from twenty years old and above, and found them and found them three hundred thousand choice men, able to go forth to war that could handle spear and shield. He hired also a hundred thousand men of valour out of Israel for a hundred talents of silver. But there came a man of God to him, saying, O king, let not the army of Israel go with thee, for the Lord is not with Israel, to wit, with all the children of Ephraim. So don't go up with the children of Ephraim. But if thou wilt go, do it, be strong for the battle. God shall make thee fall before thee, but if thou wilt go, if thou wilt go up with them, uh, then go ahead and do it. Be strong for battle. God shall make thee fall before the enemy, for God hath power to help and to cast down. And Azamea said unto the man of God, But what shall we do for the hundred talents which I have given unto the army of Israel? And the man of God answered, The Lord is able to give thee much more than this. Then Azamea separated them to wit the army that was come unto him out of Ephraim to go home again. So he sent the army of Ephraim home again. Wherefore the anger was greatly kindled against Judah, and they returned home in great anger, and Azamea strengthened himself and led forth his people and went to the valley of salt and smote of the children of Syria ten thousand and other ten thousand left alive. Did the children of Judah carry away captive and brought them unto the top of a rock and cast them down there upon the top of the rock, that they were that they were all broken in pieces? But the soldiers of the army, which Azamea sent back, um, I think I'll just skip down to. Uh, this is the, it's in verse fourteen anyway. 
But the soldiers of the army which Ismael sent back, they should not be found with him in battle, that they should not be found with him in battle, fell upon the cities of Judah from Samaria even unto Bethron, and smote three thousand of them and took much spoil. Now it came to pass, after that, that Ismael was come forth from the slaughter of the Edomites, that he brought the gods of the children of Syria and set them up to be his gods and bowed down himself before them and burnt incense to them. And if we go over to... I think we'll go to verse 19. It says, Thou saith, Lo... Now this is the... It says here, Thou saith, Lo... Thou hast smitten the Edomites, and thine heart lifted thee up to boast. Abide now at home, why should thou meddle to thine own hurt, that thou shouldest fall even thou and Judah with thee? But Azamaiah would not hear, for it came of God that he might deliver them into the hand of the enemies, because he sought after the gods of Edom. So he initially was doing what God said to do. And we are seeking to do what God wants us to do in this church and as individuals. We're here because we want to follow God. We're here because we want to hear more and learn more about the Word of God. And this man here, he did what he was told. He was told, don't go out, don't take the Edomites with you. And so he sent them home. And he went to war and he was destroying the, the, Syrian, the Syrians, the people of Syria. Sorry, uh, Caesarea. And he was destroying the enemies of God. But when he finished, he took back their gods. And he set them up and he worshipped these gods himself. And he burned incense to them. And he did that because he did not do it with a perfect heart. He did not do it for the Lord. Um, And we're not seeking to... You know, if, if you... Do the ministry, but you do not do it with a perfect heart. You're going to end up falling. You can't sustain it without the Spirit of God in you. You've got to do it in the power of God, and you've got to do it with a perfect heart before God. So that means that when you do do something wrong, you've got to confess it and get it right with God. God says here in um, in James... James it says that he giveth grace to the humble God resisteth proud but giveth grace to the humble and that's in that's James 4 and uh, verse 6 but he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth the grace give, giveth grace unto the humble. If you if you are standing up here and you are proud, you're not going to get anywhere. If you stand up here and you speak the word of God and you do not do it with the right heart and with the right intentions, you're not going to get anywhere. If you do not do it with the Spirit of God in you, you may do it for years and you may and you may look and you may do the things that you're told. If the pastor says, don't go up to the Edomites, or whatever it is, if the pastor says, 
don't do this or dress like this and you and you do what the pastor says and you do what is right but you do not do it with a right heart and you do not do it to submit to God then you're going to fall eventually you're going to fall and you're going to end up end up doing the things that you would preach against you're going to end up um, as, as Amaya did here he went and he smote the enemy but then he took back the gods and he ended up worshipping them himself um, we go back to first, um, first Chronicles and verse twelve. First Chronicles, sorry, chapter twelve. First Chronicles. And in chapter 12, verse 38, 38, it says, and, and this, is when, this is when David was being crowned, or as they were going up to crown King David, it says, All these men of war that could keep rank came with a perfect heart to Hebron to make David king over all Israel, and all the... And all the rest also of Israel were of one heart to make David king. It says, it says these men here had a perfect heart. But it also says that these men of war, they could keep rank. Could we say that we are men of war, you know, soldiers in the army of God that can keep rank? That can keep a straight line that, you know, when the enemy is coming on you, you don't break down, you don't run from the run from the enemy. You stand and you use the word of God. You don't, you know, and these men are war and they could keep rank. You can trust the man next to you. You know, can you trust the, your brother next to you not to break down and run away and leave you vulnerable, you know? If he, if he runs away, you know, you may be vulnerable to the, to the devil. You may think, well, is, is it real? Is the word of God real? You know, say, you know, pastor, God forbid, if he didn't come here anymore, would we, break, would we keep rank even though soldiers fell around us? Would we keep rank with a perfect heart and trust that God can see us through and that the word of God still is true even when we see soldiers falling around us? Can we keep rank with a perfect heart? Um, and if we go back to back to Second Chronicles, kind of going back uh, before we go there, we we'll go to Second Chronicles soon. But Psalms 112, verse seven. Psalms 112, verse seven. It says. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he see the desire upon his enemies. Can you say that your heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord? We want a perfect heart, and that's what we're striving for. But is our heart fixed, trusting in the Lord? Are we afraid of evil tidings? As I was saying before, you know, if... If our brothers fell around us to sin, 
God forbid, you know, we w- I wouldn't want that to happen to any of us. But if one of us left or and we see another one leave, and we see another one leave, would we still hold rank? Would we still hold rank against the, the devil? You know, there's, there's soldiers and... So, you know, some of them would be the the last one, or even like um, David and some of his mighty men. You know, they would be out in the cornfield, and there was there was an account with David's one of David's mighty men. There was three of them in the cornfield holding the enemy back. When there's nobody else that will stand with you, will you keep rank? Will you still hold the word of God up, even if you're the only one there? Is your heart fixed trusting in the Lord? If we want to have a heart that is perfect, then we need to have a heart that is fixed trusting in the Lord because the help of men is vain. It's only the help of God. Um, it says that several times in the scripture. I'm just trying to think of an example of it. The help of God men is vain. Never mind, we'll just keep on just keep on tracking. I just kind of I was told I was preaching Friday night and I was at a birthday <laughs> on Saturdays. <laughs> and so anyway, we'll keep on trucking. Um, so is your heart fixed trusting in the Lord? And we'll go back to um, Second Second Chronicles 15. And it says here in uh, verse 11, And they offered unto the Lord the same thing of the spoil which they had brought 7,000, uh, sorry, 700 oxen and 7,000 sheep, and they entered into, the, into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart and with all their soul, and that whosoever should not seek the Lord God of Israel should be put to death, whether they small or great, whether man or woman, and they swear unto the Lord with a loud voice and with shouting and with trumpets and with cornets and all Judah rejoiced at the oath for they had sworn with their heart and sought him with their whole desire and he was found of them and the Lord gave them rest round about and also concerning Machia the mother of Asher king he removed her from being queen. So the, the mother of Asher, the king. He removed her from being queen because she had made an idol in a grove and Asher cut down her idol and stamped it and burnt it and, and burnt it at the brook Kedron. Now, uh, in verse 17 it says, But the high places were not taken but away out of Israel. Nevertheless, the heart of Asia was perfect all his days. So to have a perfect heart, it means that 
you're going to have to get serious about the Word of God. You're going to have to get serious about the promises of God and your faith in God. I don't know why my voice is starting to go again. but uh, In verse 13 it says here, That whosoever should not seek the Lord God of Israel should be put to death. Now, that sounds, that sounds pretty serious to me. I mean, if that happened today... It would be, you know, you'd, you'd think it was extreme and things like that. But the reality is that this is a sober reminder because the people who do not seek the Lord now are going to face much worse than death when they do finally pass away. Yeah. You know, it's, it looks harsh on the paper here when it says that whosoever would not seek the Lord God of Israel should be put to death. If you don't have Christ as your saviour, if you died tonight, you'd bust hell wide open. You need to have Christ as your saviour. You need to have Christ as your saviour. For there is no other name under heaven whereby you may be saved. You need to have Christ as your saviour. That whosoever should not seek the Lord God of Israel should be put to death, whether small or great, whether man or woman. So it doesn't matter whether you're, an, you know, you're a bigwig or an official. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter whether you're a chimney sweeper or whether you're the owner of the, you know, the, the BNZ Bank. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're the, the owner of a bank. It says here, whether small or great, man or woman. It's the same you know, for all of us. All of us that do not seek the Lord will be put to death in the second death. It says, it says about the second death in um, Revelations 21.8. It says, But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers and the sorcerers and the idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. You need to seek the Lord and His salvation in Jesus Christ. And it says here, they did seek him with their whole heart. With their heart. And they sought him with their whole desire. Are we actually seeking God with our whole desire? Do we just come to church and, oh, it's just another day? When we are home, are we seeking God with our whole desire? We desire things from God. We desire blessings from God. But are we, are we in the word of God? Are we praying to God? Are we asking him to forgive us and to guide us? And are we spending time reading the word of God? It says here that these people here, that they that they rejoiced at the oath. You know, this is the this is the oath that they made that whosoever you know should not seek the Lord would perish. And these these people here, they rejoiced at the oath, for they had sworn with their whole heart. This oath didn't affect them because they weren't going to die because they had sworn with their whole heart and sought him with all their sought him with their whole desire and he was found of them. When you come to God and you seek God for with your whole desire and you ask God to save you because that's the only way that you're going to get to heaven and you ask God to save you, then He will be found of you. 
and he was found of them, and the Lord gave them rest upon round about. He will give you peace of your salvation when you are saved. He will give you rest. And it says here, and also concerning um, Machia, the mother of Asher the king, he removed her from being queen because she had made an idol in a grove. And Asher cut down her idol and stamped it and burned it at the brook of Kedron. You're going to have to remove some things. Once you're saved, you're going to have to, and you want a perfect heart. It says in the verse down below, it says that Asher the king, he was perfect in all his days. He was perfect in all, our, in, in all his days. If we want to be perfect in all our days, once we are saved, there are going to have to be some things that we remove from our lives. There are going to have to be some clothes that we remove from our closet because we're not going to be wearing those clothes anymore. It says that, you know, a man shall wear that which pertaineth, shall not wear that which pertaineth to a woman, and a woman shall not wear that which pertaineth to a man. For all who do such are an abomination to the Lord thy God, Lord your God. That's in Deuteronomy. So there are going to have to be some things that we remove from our lives when we are saved and when we trust in God. And pride is another thing that we're going to have to remove. But it doesn't just say remove. He didn't just take it out of the grove and put it on the shelf. He didn't see the Egyptians down the road and say, oh, well, they worship idols all the time, you know. I'll just sell this to them and, and they can make good use of it. It's, you know, there's nothing wrong with it, you know. Like your your movies, this you know, the, those people there they they watch them, you know, they they appreciate them. I could I could give it away or I could sell it. But this this fella, this fella, he cut down her idol and stamped it and burnt it at the brook of Kedron. There are going to be some things that you have to remove from your life, and if it's wrong for you to have them, it's wrong for your neighbour to have them. Yeah. It's wrong for you to have them, it's wrong for your neighbour to have them. And don't just give it away, get rid of it, destroy it. And once you've crushed it up, burn it. That's what this guy did. Take it, take it from the Bible. Once you, once you take your idol, crush it up, and then burn it. Leave, no, leave nothing to pass on to anybody else. Because if it's wrong for you to have it, it's wrong for your neighbour to have it. We are striving here for a perfect heart before God. And this man, it says... Was perfect in all his days. Um, okay, so moving on from there. Now, it's hard for us to be perfect in ourselves, or it's impossible for us to be perfect in ourselves, but the Word of God itself is perfect. Psalms, Psalms 18, and in verse 30. Psalms 18, verse 30, says, As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler for those that trust in him. So we are striving for perfection, and we struggle for perfection. And we find it almost unobtainable in a dream that is just not reality. 
And we can never be like those people. We can, you know, some of us starting a church, maybe we look up to, to the pastors and uh, the people preaching. Um, and we look up to these people and we think we, we can never be like them. But we're not to compare ourselves among ourselves, compare yourself to Christ. But it says here, as for God, his way is perfect. God's way is perfect. If you do things God's way, you're doing things in the perfect way. Do things God's way. Have a willing heart to do God thing. Have a willing mind and a willing heart to do God, things God's way. Don't just, uh, when you're told that this is the way God wants you to do something, don't just clam up and say, I'm doing things my way. You know, there's nothing wrong with what I'm doing. You know, my, my I'm not saying they do, but, you know, my parents do this or they've done this for generations or, you know, grandpa does this or his dad did this. That's not an excuse. Um, have a willing mind to serve God in the Word of God, how, is it, how it is written in the Word of God. And if you're struggling with a verse for context, wondering whether, is this how God wants me to behave? Because this verse, you know, reads, it's hard to read this verse. Compare it, because it will be written again in the Bible, and it will have verses that support it. And if it's a, if it's a, if it's God's will, then you will find it again and again and again in the Bible. There was a, I had an example of that actually. Um, Psalms eighteen. Can't remember exactly what it was. This this says here as for as for my God his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler for them, for those that trust in him. Maybe somebody could look this up just while I'm preaching. But there's a, new, there's a verse in Second Samuel that says exactly that. I reckon, I'm pretty sure it was word for word. In Second Samuel, it says, As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to those that trust in him. And I say that oh, it's up there now. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to them that trust in him. So the things of God and God's will for your life, if, it's, if you're struggling for context, this is an example of it, that you'll find it again and again in the scripture. You won't just find it once. The Bible says, as... Um, and I wasn't going to say this, but... Uh, is a good example of, of this and I have it written down in the front of my Bible um, somewhere Matt might be able to help me out with this because he's got it written down clearer I think um, where it says that man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God Deuteronomy 8.3, Matthew 4.4, 4, and it's in Luke 4.4. 4. And it says the exact same thing. So if you, if you just go to Matthew 4.4, 4, 
uh, Adrian, Matthew 4.4, 4, and then you go to Deuteronomy, and you'll... Matthew 4.4, 4, And it is written, The man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And what did you say in Deuteronomy? It was... 8.3. Eight, three. Eight, three. And he humbled thee, and suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna which thou knewest not, neither thy fathers know, that he might make thee to know that man... That man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth he doth man live. So God says that you know you don't just eat live live by eating your necessary food. You live by reading the word of God. And that's a concept that you find from the word of God, that you have to you have to read your Bible as if it was food. Read your Bible every day because otherwise you become spiritually starving because you need food like you need the Word of God. And you think, okay, well, it says it once in the Bible. Well, you find it says it again in the Bible. And you find it says it again in the Bible. And you'll find that the things that, you know, God's will for your life will be written again and again in the Bible. And you study your Bible, and you study your Bible, and you'll find that the God is God doesn't change, nor is there any shadow of turning with God. Um, so that Psalms that was Psalms eighteen thirty, and Matthew five forty eight. Matthew five forty eight, and that says. says, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father, which in heaven is perfect. Be ye therefore perfect. This is Christ himself as written and read. It says here, Be ye therefore perfect. You know, if you can think of something that would be pleasing to God, you know, why, why, not, why not do it if it's in the word of God? Like, for example, keeping the Sabbath. The Sabbath isn't going to save you. If you keep the Sabbath day, it's not going to save you. And it says in, in Hebrews, you know, it says about, um, I think it's in Hebrews, let no man let no man deceive you. Is it concerning the Sabbath day? And it talks, it talks about that. But it says again and again in the Old Testament to follow, you know, to, to keep the Sabbath. And to have to set aside a day of rest, and it says the seventh day in the Bible. So we see a pattern in the Bible, and do, do we follow it? Be surprised how many people actually on Queen Street you talk to them, and the seventh day, well, they're not necessarily Seventh Day Adventists, but they say, you know, do you keep the Sabbath? Well, why not? Or well, come up with a good reason why not? You know, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't it doesn't save you. You're saved by grace. For it's not of works of righteousness which we have done, but by God's mercy He saved us. We're not saved by keeping. We're not saved by keeping the law, because we cannot keep the whole law perfectly. Because if we offend in one part, we are guilty of all. It says that in James. 
if we if we look at that just briefly in James chapter two and in verse nine it says, But if you have respect to persons, you commit sin and sorry in verse ten. Uh, for whosoever shall keep the whole law, yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. For he that said, Do not commit adultery, said also, Do not kill. For if thou commit no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. So you cannot keep the whole law. And that's why Jesus, that's the whole point. The law is a schoolmaster to bring you unto Christ. Because you're going to break the law. And you need Christ as your saviour. Without Christ there is no hope of, of salvation. It says, uh, I won't go there now. Without Christ there is no hope of salvation. For if you break the law in one point, you are guilty of breaking it all. But we should still strive to please God. We should still try, strive to do the things of God. It says here in Job 1, in verse 1, that Job was a perfect man. It says, There, there was a man in the land of Oz whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright, one that feared God and eschewed evil. So he is perfect and upright. When he says he, he was upright, that means that there was no... There was no... Um, he was straightforward and honest. He was not leaning this way or that way, and he was clear with what he said, and he meant what he said, and that was the word of God. He didn't twist what he said uh, when he was around other people. He was upright, and he feared God. And he skewed evil. So he, he put away evil. He would not have any part of evil. And God said that he was a perfect man. So if we want to be a perfect man, there's going to be some things, or, you know, perfect woman, there's going to be some things that we have to put away. There are going to be some th- we're going to have to be upright and be straight up and honest with people and not twist the word of God, not rest with the word of God, but be in the fear of God and put away, put off evil, put away evil from us. Uh, I've read James three two a couple of times now. First so John, First John, two five. We'll go there next. First John two five. First John two in chapter five it says, "But whosoever keepeth his word in him." Verily, the love of God perfected by here perfect sorry. But whoso keepeth his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby we know that we are in him. So if we keep the word of God in us, he but whosoever keepeth his word, if we keep the word of God in us, then God will perfect his love in us. So we need, it says here, he, who's, he whoso keepeth his word. If we want to have any chance, or if we want to get right with God, if we want to have, it says in the Psalms, Psalms 119, verse 9, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed there according to his word? 
It's by his word that the love of God is perfected in us. And hereby we know that we hereby know we that we are in him through the through his word and keeping the word of God in us. And Psalms 101, Psalms 101, hopefully nobody's going to sleep, it's a little bit slow, but Psalms 101, and it says here, I will sing of the mercy, I will sing of mercy and judgment unto thee, O Lord. I will sing, I will have, I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. So we want to have a perfect um Perfect heart towards God, and this says the word perfect, perfect way. So this is where we prick up our ears. It says, "I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way." So he's going to explain how he behaves himself in a perfect way, how he behaves himself wisely. Oh, when wilt thou come unto me? I will walk within mine house with a perfect heart. So it's not just when you are at church. It says here, "I will walk within my heart, within my house, with a perfect heart." So when I am at home, I'm going to listen to the music that pleases God. I'm going to dress the way it pleases God. I'm not going to invite the people over or the drinking buddies or anybody over. That is not going to be pleasing to God because I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. You know, this is, this is in regards to ha- having a perfect heart towards God. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. And that's one thing you're going to have to do if you want to have a perfect heart towards God. It says, I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. A forward heart shall depart from me. So this is the opposite. We want to have a perfect heart. But a forward heart shall... So, yeah, a forward heart shall depart from me. I will not know a wicked person. Whoso privily slandereth his neighbour, him will I cut off. Him that hath a high look and a proud heart will I not suffer. Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land, that they dwell that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. So this this is saying that, you know, God is looking for a man that walketh in a perfect way. And it's only that man that is going to serve God. If you want to serve God today, God is looking for a perfect man. So what have we found about a perfect man so far? Because this is what God is looking for. God is looking for a perfect man. It says here, that, they, that mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land. So he's looking for the faithful of the land. That they may dwell with me. That he may... That, sorry, he that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. So we've discussed so far that to, be a per, to have a perfect heart towards God, we must have a willing mind towards God. And we must trust in the word of God that despite, you know, if somebody was to fall next to us, we can still stand up and say that, okay, that happened. 
But God was God before that happened, and God's God after that happened. And he's still God now. And although a brother fell, and, he, and he's, you know, backslidden, doesn't trust God anymore, that's not going to stop me trusting God. So that's in regards to a perfect, perfect man, you must be willing, you must trust God, and not depend on another brother to hold you up, but trust in the word of God to hold you up. Um, you must understand and be willing that you're going to have to, when you are saved, you're going to have to put away things. You're going to have to put away your idols. You're going to have to put away the things that displease God. And that's three, that's three things so far. You're going to have to put away things that displease God. Um, God is looking for the person that walketh in a perfect way because that's the person that will serve God. If you want to be a, a preacher or if I want to continue preaching, I need to serve God with a perfect heart and I need to put away the things of the world and I need to be, have an open and willing mind to mould myself to the image of Christ and to strive to be more Christ-like, to strive to be more godly. Paul says, Paul says about putting off the things, what does he say there? About that? He, putting off the things in the past and, and striving. Press towards the mark. Yes, press, pressing towards the mark. If somebody could find that, that would be great. Philippians 3. Because sometimes you can think, oh, you know, I'm, I'm doing good now, you know, I'm in a good church, you know, God has me up here, what, what uh, 3.14, God has me up here preaching from time to time. But it says here, I press towards the mark for the prize of the highest calling of God in, in Christ. Actually, in verse 13 it says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to the things which are before. I press, forward to, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ, Jesus. So despite you know, having victories and despite... Um, walking in the word of God and, and walking with the people of God uh, don't think that you that you have everything keep pressing keep pressing on keep striving to be more Christ-like as you read the word of God you'll find that even though you've been at church for a while you're still not very Christ-like and you still press towards the mark as it says as it said the last time I preached and uh in Isaiah, Isaiah 6, where it says, um, Behold, I am undone. It's in and it says, in verse, in verse 5, it says, then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. 
For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. You know, if we, if we see Jesus Christ, and as we read the Word of God, we see how unclean we are in the sight of God, and that it is only by God's mercy that we can possibly be saved. Even if we've been preaching here for a while, as we read the Word of God, we find that God's still working on us, and we're still not perfect. Even though we're up here sharing the Word of God, we're still not perfect. And, you know, if we were to see God face to face, it would be the case of, woe is me. <laughs> there's, nothing, there's no good thing in me, except for Jesus Christ and His grace. Um, and so we'll keep moving. Um, and back in second, second, uh, this is Second Corinthians. It's in the New Testament. Second Corinthians in chapter thirteen, verse nine. Verse nine it says. For we are glad when we are weak and ye are strong, and this also we wish even for your perfection. Therefore I write these things. Just go through to you. Therefore I write these things, being absent, least being present, I should use sharpness according to the power which the Lord hath given me for edification unto the unto destruction. Finally, brethren, farewell, be perfect, be of good comfort, be one of one mind, live in peace and in God in the God of love, and peace shall be with you. It says here that this also we wish, even your perfection. You know, as we stand up here and we preach, we are not we're not wishing to, you know, to down people or to accuse people of their sin and to do wrong. We are wishing, even for your perfection, that you would have a willing mind to serve God, a willing mind to read the word of God in your spare time. That you would learn the word of God, that you would be strong. And that you would be able to stand, even if nobody stands around you. We seek even for your perfection. And we pray for your perfection. And I think I'll, I'll skip down a few points. For, and I'll close it soon. A few more. I don't know how we're going for time, but any, anyhow. Just about done. Uh, Colossians 4.12. Colossians 4.12. And it says here, Ephrasius, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you always, laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you may stand perfect and complete in the will of God. So he says here that he's laboring fervently for you in prayers. We need to pray for each other, that God would strengthen us and that God would perfect us, and that we would stand in the will of God and that we would, that we would walk in the will of God. Each one of us ought to spend time praying for one another and praying for our pastor that God would have him stand perfect and complete in the will of God. 
that when he preaches or when somebody else preaches the word of God, that they would not stand up here and give half the counsel of God and neglect the other half because he's afraid of, I'm not saying he is, but <laughs> because uh, being afraid of, you know, what the people say. You know, when you stand up here, you can look around and you can see people's faces. And we need to pray that God, that, uh, God would have pastor here and the people up here preaching, that they would be able to stand perfect and complete in the will of God. And we need to pray fervently for that, says in, in Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 1. And in verse 9 it says, uh, it says in verse, I'll start in verse 7, uh, verse 6, Then said I, our Lord, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go unto all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command me thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. But it says over in um, in verse 17, it says, Thou therefore gird up thy loins, and arise, and speak unto them all that I command thee. Be not dismayed at their faces, lest I confound thee before them. You know, if, if the person up here is preaching... If the people up here are preaching and they and they do not stand in the perfect will of God and their hearts are not right with the word of God and they look around the people and they're afraid of what the people, you know, they're afraid of people frowning at them or coming up to them afterwards and, you know, and, and accusing them or emailing them and rebuking them. That's actually happened. <laughs> not to me, <laughs> You know, people do that, and and as a and we've got to stand up here and preach and not be afraid of what the people says and what the people's faces are showing us, because if we do that, God will confound us. We need to pray that the the men of God standing up here would stand perfect and complete in the will of God. So we need to pray for each other. First Thessalonians and I've got the, the time, so first Thessalonians three ten. Or I don't have the time. First Thessalonians three and in verse ten. Says Night and day praying exceedingly that we may see your face and it might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. So this is again praying night and day for each other that we may perfect that which is lacking in your faith. Hebrews 6 and 9. Now it's 6 verse 1. This is the last verse. Make this the last verse. 6 and 1. It says, Therefore leaving the principles of the doc sorry, therefore leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from the dead. Uh, from the dead works and of faith towards God. So let us, we, we all know of, you know, the salvation of Jesus Christ. Let us dig deeper in the word of God and let us find the pattern of 
the salvation throughout the Word of God. Let us read our Bibles and and go beyond just the um, just our salvation, and let us go to find strength for and wisdom for the situations that we find ourselves in. Um, so anyway, I'll just leave it at that. So to have a perfect heart, to have a willing mind to do the will of God, to trust in God despite people not standing with us, despite watching brothers or friends fall around us, to stand strong in the word of God is to have a perfect heart and to put away, you know, to trust God, to put away the things that, you know, that we hold to, that we desire, that are worldly. Um, and that is to have a perfect heart, to put away the things of God and to walk in the ways that are perfect because those are the people that God is looking for to serve him. People with a willing heart and a perfect heart. Uh, so with that, we'll pray. So Lord, I pray that uh, you'd be with us, Lord, and I hope that people have, have gotten something out of this, Lord. And Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity again, Lord, to speak. Um, I pray, Lord, that you'd bless these people, Lord, and that you'd that you'd work in their in their hearts, that they would have a, a willing mind, Lord, to serve you and to read the Word of God, and uh, and to read the Bible, Lord, and so that they're not relying on the people around them, but relying on the Word of God when they find themselves in a in a hard spot when they're seeking you, Lord, that they would not rely on what you know other people say, but rely on what they've read in the Bible themselves. Um, and I pray, Lord, that you would strengthen your people, Lord, and that you would give them a desire to have a perfect heart and to be right with you, Lord, and to put away the things that are, are wicked in your sight. Not the things that are wicked in our sight, Lord, but the things that are wicked in your sight. That you would search our hearts, Lord, and that you would work on our hearts that we would be acceptable in your sight. All this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank <clears throat> you.